0: We're going to look at Luke chapter 24 verses 46 and 47 and the title of my sermon is It Behoved Christ to Suffer and to Rise from the Dead It's that special time of year again and I don't mean that it's Christmas time If it was, that would be an easy one to remember because Christmas Day is always on the 25th of December I'm talking about another special day, one which never seems to be on the same day from one year to the next. For example, two years ago it was on the 1st of April, last year it was on the 21st of April and this year it's today, the 12th of April. I am of course talking about Easter Sunday, that time of the year when the death and resurrection of Jesus are proclaimed from church pulpits across the world and because it's on a different day each year I need to be reminded by my diary each year diaries have Good Friday and Easter Sunday printed inside them but the trouble is they don't give any advance notice do they you only know that it's Easter day when it's Easter day never mind I can always rely on Ray to remind me or my wife Pauline To remind me that Easter's coming up and the shops will also remind me as well with all their Easter eggs. Even in the times of crisis like we have now with coronavirus, you can always rely on the shops to enter into the Easter spirit by flogging Easter eggs. However, when you look at the Bible, you'll see that the apostle Paul did not wait until Easter Sunday to preach the death and the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, he never seemed to miss an opportunity to do so. For example, when Paul entered a synagogue in Thessalonica, it is written in Acts chapter 17, verses 2 and 3, that Paul, as his manner was, or as his custom was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reason with them out of the scriptures opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ the death and resurrection of Jesus are recorded in the bible not just for our easter meditations but for our daily meditations as well and also most of all for our eternal benefit. As Jesus said to his disciples in Luke chapter 24 verses 46 and 47, before returning to heavenly glory and having paid the price for sin, this is what he said. Thus it is written, thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. The first thing we see in those verses is that Jesus said, Thus it is written. Where is it written? Where precisely are these things written? Certainly not in the New Testament. The New Testament had not yet been written. The answer is given in verse 44. Look at verse 44 where Jesus said, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. The law of Moses The Book of the Prophets and the Psalms, they are the Old Testament Scriptures. So, let's take a look at one or two Old Testament passages that refer to the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, we can consider the death of Jesus. When you read the Old Testament, you'll see that God made provision for animals to be sacrificed For the sins of Israel. For example, in Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11, God said to them, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for your soul. As such, the lives of those creatures were given for the lives of the Israelites and the sacrifice of them made available to the people a means of them having their sins covered over. Even though the people deserve to die for the wages of sin is death, God mercifully spared them, if only for this lifetime. However, all said and done, those countless animal sacrifices were never more than pale shadows and they had no substance to them. They were a continual reminder of the sins of the people and they portrayed something real that would eventually come, namely the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who at God's appointed time came into the world as the the sacrifice that provided forgiveness not just for this lifetime but into eternity as well, by virtue of his precious blood, the blood of God, which cleanses and makes holy and acceptable to God all who trust in him. The fact that Jesus is the fulfilment of the Old Testament sacrificial system is clearly alluded to in the Old Testament. For example, in the book of Isaiah, the prophet, who lived about 700 years before the Son of God became flesh, spoke of the substitutional nature of the sacrifice that took place at the cross. In Isaiah 53 and verse 5, the prophet said, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed then when we turn over the pages of the bible and we come to the new testament to when the eternal son of god was in the world we can read in john's gospel about john the baptist heralding the arrival of jesus and declaring him to be the lamb of god as it is written in john chapter 1 and verse 29, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The Greek word that has been translated taketh away in that verse also means bear. As such, at the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ He bore in his own body the sins of all who trust in him and he took those sins away, every single one of them. Now that truly is amazing. No wonder John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God. In the New Testament we can read about how Jesus lived a life of perfect obedience to God's law and how finally In accordance with the predetermined counsel of God and with God's foreknowledge he was taken by wicked men and nailed to a wooden cross where he poured out his blood and he laid down his life as the only acceptable sacrifice for sin. Secondly, we can consider the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. As it is written in Luke chapter 24 and verse 46. Thus it is written and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. In that verse and elsewhere Jesus said that he would rise from the dead. And even going back to the Old Testament scriptures again. In Psalm 16 and verse 10, the psalmist David said to God, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Whom do you imagine that the holy one is whose body would not see corruption, would not see decay? We don't have to play any guessing games. The New Testament refers to Psalm 16 and verse 10. And tells us in a sermon that the Apostle Peter preached. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 25 through to 30, this is what Peter said. And he referred to Psalm 16 and verse 10. Listen very carefully to what Peter said. David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in hell, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life, You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the Patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body According to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. So when you look at those verses in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, you can see that Jesus, who, according to his humanity, is a descendant of David, the psalmist, you can see that he is no longer in the tomb. He is alive and he is highly exalted, having taken upon himself the sins of all who would trust in him and he has redeemed them with his own precious blood. In the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, Jesus has declared, I am he that liveth and was dead and behold I am alive forevermore. Amen. And to those words, the saints of the Lord also say a big Amen. And because Jesus lives forevermore, all who are trusting in him for the forgiveness of their sins have everlasting life in him. When Jesus came down from heaven and was born into this world of sin, He came unto his own. In other words, he came to the Jews and they received him not. In fact, 33 years after his virgin birth, the Jews cried out, crucify him, crucify him. More broadly, Jesus is despised and rejected, not just by the Jews, but by all men. He plainly said to his disciples, If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. The reason for that is that Jesus is light and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. Even so, in Luke chapter 24, verses 46... And 47, Jesus said, Thus it is written, and thus it behove Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. All nations, That includes Jews who, having previously rejected Jesus as their Messiah, are by the grace of God receiving him and they are believing on his name. Also, all nations includes Muslims who, having previously insisted that God does not accept blood sacrifices to reconcile sinners to himself, And having previously pointed out that blood sacrifice is not one of the five pillars of Islam and and having once claimed that when Muslims ritually slaughter millions of animals every year they do so in order to give thanks to God for his goodness towards them and they do so as an act of piety or worship and having insisted that Muslims kill animals in remembrance of Abraham, who, in obedience to God, was prepared to offer up his own son as a burnt offering, and they now rejoice, having repented and received Jesus as their Saviour from sins. They no longer offer those excuses for why they now slaughter animals. They simply acknowledge Jesus as the one and only true sacrifice for sin. I had the great privilege of knowing a Nigerian Muslim, a man by the name of Tony, who used to sit watching his television when I came to his home to read the scriptures and pray with his Christian wife. She used to attend my Christian centre, where I was a London City missionary. Anyway, Tony was diagnosed with cancer, and in due time, in God's perfect time, he came to realise that Muhammad could do nothing for him, and so, in repentance, he acknowledged Jesus as his sacrifice for sin. I remember sitting beside Tony's deathbed reading to him Psalm 23 where it is written The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want He maketh me to lie down in green pastures He leadeth me beside the still waters He restoreth my soul He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I can tell you that throughout that reading, Tony was lying there praising his God and Saviour Jesus Christ. The good news is that the love and the mercy of God does not just extend to Jews and Muslims as we see in Luke chapter 24, verses 46 and 47, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. The good news is that the Lord Jesus Christ Sacrificially laid down his life and rose from the dead is for repentant sinners from all nations, whether they are young or old, male or female, with religion or without. Such people are a holy nation and Jesus gives them the right to become the sons and daughters of God. The Apostle John had a heavenly vision of which he said, I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Finally, make sure that this is the Easter that you look above and beyond the misery of coronavirus with its lockdowns, its disease, its death, and that you look beyond the Easter eggs And you look to the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who suffered and rose from the dead the third day. That you look to him for the forgiveness of all your sins and for everlasting life. Amen.